There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of White Wine Question Time, Something from the Cellar, our weekly mini drop that allows us to revisit some vintage conversations residing in our back catalogue. And seeing as we're tiptoeing our way into February, which is a month so many of us celebrate, A, because it's no longer January, and B, because it's got Valentine's Day slap bang in the middle of it. Yeah, we're all about the love for the next 30, 40 minutes. And first up, sharing the love and his great love story is, well, arguably Britain's favourite gardener, Monty Don, who here waxes lyrical about the moment he got to call his wife his girlfriend for the very first time, making a bold declaration of love in the midst of the sweeping Yorkshire Dales. <gasps> oh, it's enough to put a tear in your eye. Ultimately, when you, you first met, she was married, and um, she describes leaving a, quite a wealthy husband for you, quote, a penniless student. Yeah. So she gave it all up for you, Monty. She saw yeah. something in the potential of you as a couple uh, to such a degree that, you know, you, you ran away to the Yorkshire Moors and, and hid out while the, the dust settled. And she, she writes about the, the times where you would like earn your keep by fixing broken windows in the house you were staying in, riding the owner's horses for them. It sounds terribly romantic, but also terribly difficult in terms of doing something that, that, uh, that so many people would have said, well, this is wrong. And yet you knew it was so right. She knew that you were right. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it was obviously... Um, Complicated, I think, is what you'd say. Is when I yeah. met Sarah. I mean, for me, it was. Was it love at first sight? I think it was love at first sight. I think it was intense attraction at first sight. Mm. Um, and that stayed the same. And her husband was someone that I rode with and and, and knew very well. Um, and that was the case for about six months where I'd meet them socially and, and I just, I remember thinking in a sort of quite banal way, you know, life is, how, how come that, that she met him before she met me? You know, why, why, yeah. why was how the person, exactly, <laughs> why is a person that you feel strongly attracted to with somebody else, I mean, marriage or not? And actually, it never crossed my mind that, that it could be anything else. In other words, you know, you're, you try and behave well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't like I was trying to pinch someone else's wife or anything like that. There was no, no. There was no question of that. And then um, about a year later, um, our paths crossed and her husband was away for about four months on a field trip. Um, he was a botanist. And we started to bump into each other a bit more and, and were doing we discovered that we really, really like spending time together, but in a completely platonic, innocent mm. way. And gradually, 
over sort of days and weeks, I was aware that the platonic side of things was... I was regretting more and more. I mean, it was, in other words, you know that thing when you're very attracted to somebody, you don't dare go too close to them mm. or you don't dare show too much interest yeah. or whatever. Because so heightened, so much, isn't it? Exactly, exactly yeah. that. And anyway, it turned out that we both felt the same way and that, that attraction was there. But she was married to someone else and so it was very difficult. But to cut a long story short... Um, she decided that that she, you know she she absolutely didn't want to um, sort of have an affair or, or be duplicitous in any way. She she wanted she chose to choose and she she chose me, um, and it was for about six months an extremely difficult, unhappy, tormented setup because he obviously was not very happy with that arrangement mm. uh, to the and. Uh, he completely reasonably felt betrayed and, you know, very, very, very angry. Um, so I don't want to sort of belittle any of that. But no. at the same time, we both just felt that we had met our life partner. We had just met the person that we meant to be with and that it was a terrible pity that she had got married. I mean, she got married at 19, sort of five years Gosh, before I so met her. Young. Exactly. I mean, and, and it was complicated because her husband only asked her to marry him because he was, had got a, doing postgraduate work in Papua New Guinea and was going to be away for three years. And they had been boyfriend and girlfriend. And so it was a way of being together. Was to, you know, in those days, there was no question of her going with him unmarried. You know, it was, yeah, of course. Of, you know, all that. There was, a, a, and so, the, the, I mean, I'm not in any way trying to belittle their marriage. It was, it was none of my business, and it as I, as far as I can gather, it was very happy, and it was, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't blighted. But the point was, is that we hadn't met, and we met, and I just felt that at first, incredibly frustrated and sad that the person I wanted to be with I couldn't be with and then incredibly blessed that I could be and I remember bicycling across the Yorkshire Moors I'd been to get something or whatever I would know I wasn't on the horse and this was 1979 and it was another world really and there was a gamekeeper in his cottage and he says oh there's living up there's living up at the bank are there and I said I am with your girl? And I said, yes, yes, she's my girl. And oh. thinking, that's the best thing I've ever felt. Oh. And, uh, that's joyous. Uh, uh, and that's really been it ever since, you know. And uh, it's... You finally you know, allowed yourself to enjoy having yeah, her as your girl yeah. and not feeling so kind of persecuted by it. Well, I mean, the point is I've always felt a bit guilty about it, but at the same time... There is a kind of ruthlessness. All's fair in love and war. I mean, if 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 you can't pussyfoot about, if you decide to be with someone and it means breaking up their marriage, and yet you're still deciding, but you can't then say, "Oh, I feel really bad about this." No, I don't. I feel it was great. It was wonderful. I'm so, so glad. I feel sorry for him, but you know, it 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 happened, and I'm really glad it happened. 
I have no regrets at all. And if you fast forward to, to today's modern age, right? if you're 19, number one, you're never going to get married at 19. People no. very rarely get married at 19. No. There would be no compunction no. to get married um, so that you could go and you know, travel with your partner. No. You would just travel no. with your partner. And the likelihood is that whoever you date at 19, even if you've been in a long-term relationship, the chances are that's probably not going to be the partner that you spend the rest of your life with. That just doesn't... So there would be no kind of scandal to, or... or or even talking point around that it would be like oh well she left that guy she was with him for a while and then she met this other guy well you know it happens yeah. but back then it must have felt almost a bit clutch your pearls <laughs> no I mean it was well, and you know it's, we're talking 50 years ago mm. um, so Blimey. Yeah. and and it was it, and also you know it was a way it was partly because uh, it would have been very sort of difficult for her to go and, and not be married. And also it was a way of getting away from home. You know, is, is, in those, mm. if you wanted to leave home yeah. and see the wider world, it was, by getting married, it, it authorised it all. It sanctified mm. it all. It's passport um, in its own right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and also you were expected to do that, right? You were expected... You know, oh, I mean, I, people I, did... It was complete, I mean, 19 was young, but, but early 20s was normal. Yeah. It was complete, you know. I, I, it's, and yet, I think now... Anybody who marries before they're, say, 25 is considered to marry very young. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are not getting married till their mid-30s. Um, yeah. But we've, I mean, we've been together for 44 years. We've Blimey. been married for 40 of them. And the only reason we didn't get married earlier is because it took two years for her divorce to get sorted mm. out. And then we, she didn't want to just, she wanted, you know, we were quite happy not being married and, and it wasn't an issue. Um, and then, I, I mean, I, I would have married on day one. Uh, uh, it, but, and I, then I, we were in Scotland, in the Hebrides, and we were on some remote islands. And I rowed her out to sea, and the sea was quite calm. And I said, will you marry me? And she said, I'm not sure. I said, well, I'm not rowing back until you do. So we sat, we, we sat in the boat. So after about a minute or two, she said, oh, OK, all right. And so I rowed back. And then when we got back to London, sort of a couple of days later, I didn't tell her, but I booked the registry office for later that week. Next up, it's Dragon's Den star, Sarah Davis, who tells us about the surprisingly emotional speech she made to her husband in front of their entire staff as he and she celebrated their 10th anniversary, not of marriage, no, in business together. Turns out her love language is, well, centred from the boardroom, but comes straight from the heart. I always say, me and Simon are like chalk and cheese. We are the complete opposites in every regard. And I always joke and say, it's not that we're not on the same page. It's that we're in different libraries. Not, not just in <laughs> we're, we're so We're so different like that. Um, but, but I can tell you exactly what, what it is that's worked for us. Is I think our whole relationship, everything we do, is just built on respect. Ultimate respect and, and ultimate trust. Mm. And... And, and 
I, I just remember, so like I said, we were 15 when we got together and oh, I can just see him walking up the stairs in the office, bless him. Doesn't know I'm talking about him. Um, <laughs> 15 when we got together and it, I, I, I would, it wasn't even like love at first sight. He was the star of the local cricket team. I was the scorer. He used to go with me dad on a Saturday afternoon. He came in the score box, asked for me phone number, said he could give us a lift to the next game. And then when he rang us, asked us out on a date, I was like, Sorry, why, 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 would I, why would I want to go there with you? Because there's not a game on. I thought you were just giving us a lift to the game. And he ch- he did. He chased us for a few weeks, convinced us to, to have a look out with him. And then and then the rest is history. 24 years later. and um, 24. Wow. 24 years. It was just, it was our 16th mm. wedding anniversary just a couple of weeks ago. And um, and it, it's one of those things. It's, we, we, we're so different, but we have this total respect of, of what the other one does and brings to the table. And for me, so I, because I, I was 15, he was 19. Uh, he's always had them, you know, he's been a few years older than me at a different stage in his life in some respects. So, so when I was at university and started the business, he'd already graduated and he'd, you know, he, he, he was earning, he was starting to earn. So he was saving money so that we could buy our first house. So by the time I graduated and finished university, he'd saved up enough to pay a deposit on our house because he stayed living at his mum and dad's house even though he didn't want to so they could save all of his wages and I started the business and I could we could afford for me not to have to draw a wage from the business because he could afford to pay our mortgage and essentially keep me so that so that I could put everything back into the business and and then he supported me emotionally as well as financially through that stage and and I remember it was a few years later, we were coming to get married and we never saw each other. We were like ships that passed in the night. He had this huge corporate job, worked for a big European company, used to travel quite often midweek. Uh, I would go, I was building my brand, doing a lot of consumer shows on a weekend. So quite often I would go away on a Thursday or Friday when he would be getting home and I was away. And then I'd land back, you know, 12, one o'clock on through the night, Sunday night, and he'd be leaving again on a flight getting up at four o'clock on the Monday morning. So we were just ships that passed in the night. And and I remember um, it was just one day he, he came home from work and he said, I've worked at, we were going through a really um, challenging patch in the business. I was I was going through a big legal battle defending one of my patents. And it was it was quite clear I'd, I'd kind of hit breaking point in the business in terms of, um, I don't have all the skills that you need to run a business. And I'm not shy to say that. I know what I'm great at, but then I know what I'm not great at. Now I'm, I'm the front woman, I'm the ideas woman. And so I'm out there doing the jazz hands, doing the pitching, developing the products, doing the sales. And, um, and I, you know, there's no, there was no Simon behind me sweeping up all the pieces in 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 the business because because he he had his own job, and he just came home one day and he said, um, I've, I've I've handed my notice in. I've worked out there's enough money because he was an accountant, so he'd he used to run all the accounts for the business. He says I've worked out there's enough money we can draw down. We owed 140,000 pounds on our mortgage. He says we can draw down the 140, pay our mortgage off. We can live if we take a, a wage of 10,000 pounds each. We can afford to live on 20,000 pounds if we don't have a mortgage to pay. Um, so then he said, I, you know, I, I'll come and run the business, and you you go and do your thing in the business. And and the thing is. He loved his job. He was, he loved the company. He'd been on a fast track through management. He was really going places. He used to get up every morning, freshly shaven, shoot, shirt and tie for work. Whereas I look now, he hasn't had a shave in 15 years. Um, <laughs> and he went from, from that and that life to come in and, you know, he was managing multi-million euro business, um, um, business divisions 
to running a business that had eight staff and, and a couple of million turnover. And I can, taking 10 grand a year. Taking 10 grand a year salary. And I can see that that wasn't fulfilling for him. Like that wasn't a fulfilling career and a fulfilling job. But he was prepared to do that because it was the right thing for us as a family. You know, and he said, we'll do this. We'll give it our all for the next few years. If it doesn't work, I can always go back and get another job like that. But this is the only way we can have a life and we can see each other together. We'll put everything into the business. And then in a few years time, you'll be able to take a bit of a step back and and have the family. And, you know, he kind of sacrificed what he wanted to do and his life plan so that we could have the best life plan as as a a family as it was he still Mm. does that to this day you know everything he does he he does what's right for our family and and i think for me i would never ever in a million years have ever asked him to do that why should he give up his career so i could have Mm. mine but i didn't have to ask him he just did it and and i felt this weight on my shoulders for all these years of my motivation then became i wanted to grow the business so that it was big enough to justify his skill set and so that he would be big enough for him to enjoy running it. I wanted to make the business the size it was for him to have that career satisfaction and fulfillment again because he'd given up his career for me. And that drove me for years. And we never ever discussed this. It's not that we're not big talkers means well I I am I talk for England. And um, Simon probably just because he's never got a word in edgeware for 24 years. <laughs> he's stopped trying. He's, he's not a talker. <laughs> And, and so we never talk about feelings or anything like that. And, and I, but I, I always held on to that. And it's it's the same in our everyday life. I, I have so much respect for everything he did for me to be able to have this life. And, and he has an enormous amount, uh, amount of respect for a lot of the sacrifices I make now for the business to be successful, which affords us the life that we have as well. And we're, we're just, we're a brilliant team. Have you ever said to him what you've just shared with me? Um, I've I I couldn't find the words to say that to him. Like that that would, that would feel awkward. But I can tell you, I, I did so eight years ago. Now it was our tenth business anniversary at work, and we had this huge big do. And we flew in all of our top customers and suppliers and staff from around the world. We had three hundred. Yeah, you have you have you have staff in different countries, don't you? You're, you're you employ about two hundred and something. Yep literally all over the world offices in california so i I flew all these and this was eight years ago since our 10th birthday flew them all in and i stood up on stage and and i wanted to do a speech for the 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 kind of 10-year history of the business you laugh this is totally me so i'd I'd put myself 45 minutes in the schedule and um we were we were about 50 55 minutes in and they're trying to tell me to wrap up and i was on year two And I shouted off to the compare, you can wind your neck in, mate, because it's my gig, it's my business, and I'm going to keep talking. And fairness, I, got, I got to about an hour and 15 minutes. I galloped through the last eight, eight, eight years of the business. But but I, at that point, I, I'd explained to people like a, a little bit of this about, about the dynamic and, and, and the how it feels when I, I know that I, I'm the one that everyone looks up to in the business. So on, in this respect, people see me on TV, they see me in Dragon's Den and they only see me. I'm the front one. What they don't see is, is I'm one half of a team. And this this version of me wouldn't exist and, and wouldn't be this good if it wasn't behind it. You know, behind every... I'm a firm believer in that whole thing. Behind every great woman, there's, there's a great man ma- making it possible. And he's just... He's, he's not... There's no ego. He's not bothered about being the front guy. He doesn't mind being the guy in the background that nobody knows. And, and I and I spoke about that to that room of people and got, and got quite emotional. And I think it's the first time... I, I, so I couldn't say it to him, but I could say it to other people with him in the room. And that's the first time I managed to ever say that. Yeah. That's lovely. I think 
Yours is the most extraordinary sort of uh, romance. The way that you're, I mean, I think a therapist would call it your love language, but you do it through sort of, you, you do it through business moves. It's like, you know, okay, I'm going to quit my job and come and support you. Okay, well, then I'm going to make the biggest business so big, it's going to be worth that justification. And actually, when you rewind it all the way back, the reason you ended up in craft and you came up with the enveloper was because in your year away, you didn't want to be away from him. You didn't want to go to London and find a job and be away from him. So you found a local business that just happened to do craft, which enabled you to still be in your relationship with him. So it's something you two have always done. Yeah, we, we, we always like to be together. We don't live in each other's pockets. I don't know what's going on in his life all the time and vice versa. You know, we, we, we're quite indep- independent in some ways. Um, but yes, I, I, I like to, we're together all the time you know that's that's what we do and and, and I, I couldn't think of anything worse of having the I, I chose York University because it was far enough away from home to justify the tens of thousands of pounds my parents were going to have to spend on uni but close enough to home that I could still see Simon every weekend so yeah you've always been one half of each other yeah and it's all I've ever known now you know I can't remember because it's since I was 15, so I've never known life without Simon, really. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And last but not least... Former pop idol winner Michelle McManus tells us about the night that fate brought her together with her husband through a chance meeting on a spontaneous night out that initially she was reluctant to even go on, especially because, well, at this point in her life, she'd given up on love. Do you know, Kate, I sometimes get scared to say it out loud, but I'm so freaking happy, man. I am, like... I'm so content. I think content's the word I always come back to when I'm trying to sum up my life. Like, everything I needed in these four walls. Do you know what I mean? I've got my husband and I adore him. I waited a long time to meet Jeff. I was 35. You know, I didn't really date anyone before Jeff. And 
I never really thought I was going to meet anyone like Jeff, but he is, you know, marriage is hard. Of course it's hard. You know, I'm not going to pretend Especially to sit here kids. and go, yeah, of course it is. It will, nothing will test you, you know, like having two small children under three. But I feel like he's my running mate, man. I feel like he's my partner in crime. And like, I believe every word that comes out of his mouth and I trust him. And I think, you know, he just does, he gets me. He just does ever. He's not in the industry. He's a he's a mechanical engineer, and he just I don't know. We're in this. We want. I think we're in the same page, which is really difficult sometimes to be on the same page as someone. I mean, I can't predict the future, right? I can just tell you what's happening right now. Even though it is hard going, and sometimes we're like passing ships in the night, you know, with these kids, we always find a way back to each other. And I think I just feel like I never need to. T- I never need. Ex- we're both on the same page. If I, I'm not being very articulate, but he's just, he is my total teammate in this. And I love, I mean, I love him, but he's my, I couldn't do it without him. We are 50-50 in it. And I think that I needed that. Not everyone needs that, but I needed that. I needed that in a person. And I got that in him. Where, where was Jeff hiding all these years? Well, you know, we're, we're white wines in the title. So it's like, of course there was booze involved because <laughs> I had a, so I, it was it was 2015, right? So I had been down in London because I was doing kudos at the time, the panto up here. There's a big, massive panto in uh, the Armadillo. It's like a three and a half thousand seater. And I was playing the mermaid and Peter Pan and David Hasselhoff was Captain Hook. I right? ran the cranky- Oh, how random. And the crankies who are out of this world. You were a mermaid with... The Crankies and David Hasselhoff. This is the sort of conversation I normally only have with Denise Welsh. This is how random her life is. Yeah, I'd hit my panto ceiling at this point. I was never going to get any better than this than doing the panto with the Crankies and David Hasselhoff. So I was down in London getting fitted for my mermaid costume and my lovely pal Kat Harvey, who presents on Greatest Hits in Scotland here on The Breakfast. Yeah, from Kat and Ewan. Yeah, from Kat and Ewan, right? She she loves you, but she... um, Cat phoned me and she's like, what a riot she is, right? She is. She was my drinking buddy and then some. So Scotland, the national team were playing Germany and of course we were going to get beat because Scotland at that point were always getting beat. And she said, let's just preempt the situation. We're going to get gubbed at football. So I'm going to want to commiserate and have a couple of drinks. And I live near the national stadium. She's over in the west end of the city. She said, I'm going to meet you after the game. I said, no, Kat, I'm in London. My train doesn't even get into half past eight at night. I'm working in Sunderland of all places tomorrow we're filming. I can't come out. Anyway, I went out, went to the pub under <laughs> uh, under duress, right? My first drink was a double Jack Daniels. and not changed. I know. I can't. My, I'm on live television tomorrow. Just the one then. <laughs> just the, Yeah, but my first drink was a double Jack Daniels and Diet Coke because I'm book a shot, right? So that was like the first drink because Cat's nuts, right? So I meet Cat and we're in the pub and then these two guys come in. It's rammed in this pub because it's so close to the, the, the stadium it's full of football fans and this these two guys come in and there was a wee seat beside us so they said oh look can we sit down and they sat down and one was Jeff and I had went to the bar or something to get a drink obviously because I'd you know had only had one two minutes before it so I went to the bar and Jeff had said to Kat is, is that Michelle McManus and Kat said yes yes it is uh-huh and he said you know I, I really love her I think she's amazing he said I've met her a couple of times she won't remember he said but um do you think, you know, you know, can I talk to her kind of thing? And Kat's like, well, what are your intentions? Where are you from? You know, she's giving them the third degree. Anyway, so Kat said, look, this guy wants a picture with you. And I said, yeah, yeah. So Jeff sat beside me and we took a picture and I still have that picture in a frame because we did not know each other. And that was the moment that we both met. And after that, he was just, he just really made me laugh, Kate. And he actually, 
you know, I could barely get a man to buy me a kebab on the way up the road at that point, never mind wanting to actually, like, date me or, like, ask for my number. And he just, he said, look, I want to take you for dinner. And I was like, really? And I'd said to Kat, I said, he's really gorgeous. I really like him. And Kat said, well, look, you know, let's let's go have a couple of drinks with him. And and we did. And he texted the next day when I was going to Sunderland and he texted the day after and it just happened. And I was 35 at that point and I genuinely never thought I was going to meet anyone. I just had resigned myself to the fact that, like, it's not going to happen for me. And then I met Jeff and it literally went bang. Like, we were living together after six months. We were engaged after, like, eight months married after two years and then we had these two beautiful babies and we bought our house and eight years down the line you know here we are and you know I'm like what if I had never went to that pub that night what if I'd never what if Kat hadn't dragged me out lured me out with the promise of veg pakora which is like the veg pakora up here is like amazing it's like the tastiest thing ever you know in that little white polisiding container when you've had one too many (laughs) sherries and trying to eat your pakora but um, what if I hadn't went out? And he said the same. He wasn't supposed to come out that night. And his mates like, let's just go for one pint. And it kind of gives me wee shivers when I think, you know, yeah. what if we hadn't met? Because oh, yeah. I'd spent such a lot. I spent from winning Pop Idol to meeting him, those, that 15 years, no boy, didn't have a boyfriend. I dated folk, but it never came to anything. Never had a significant other. So I never had that love, even to lose. I never had it. Well, that's because... Him. You had you just had to bide your time because there it was no, no. in an abundance. The man no, no. would go on to capture your heart and create two beautiful little boys with you. I know. Um, and you've got the family that you kind of grew up with now. I do. I am in a place in my life right now that I'm like, this is the moment I want to remember. These are the moments I want to remember because I, I know I will look back in this period of my life, whatever is to come, and I will. this is the place I want to return to in my memory. I know I will. That's how I feel about it. I'm so glad that you're happy. You deserve it. You're one of the nicest, sharpest, funniest, most talented, resilient women I've ever, ever met. Honestly, you are, Michelle. And um, I wish you nothing but this times 10 going forward in life. And I hope that you don't have to bite down on another shit sandwich. (laughs) No, never, ever, ever again. It will never have no shit on the menu for moi. Thank you so much, as always, for your company on this week's trip down to the White Wine Question Time cellar. You've listened to Monty Dom, Sarah Davis and Michelle McManus. And if you'd like to hear all of those episodes in full, just search for the guest names in your search bar and you'll be taken to our back catalogue where, well, over 300 episodes are sat, ready and waiting for your listening pleasure. I'm going to be back on Friday with a brand new guest. And remember that you can always find us on Instagram. So go follow us at whitewine underscore question time. And also, please hit the follow button on Spotify. Thanking you kindly. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.